we are live right now and we are going to just do a quick introduction of Allison. She's going to tell you about herself, her background and her business, and then we can go from there. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. This is really super exciting. Um, I am a pediatric physical therapist. I've been in the field for about 11 years now. So it's like gone by quickly, but, um, but I really love the world of pediatrics. I love working with children. And for many years I, I was in the sensory gym setting. I did, um, I was in the school system for seven years and, um, I really saw the need for helping parents help their own children. Mm -hmm. And I think that parents have so many questions that they just need that quick answer to. And yeah. their first you know, line of defense, so to speak, is going to their pediatrician, but their pediatrician is not well-versed in all areas of child development as they shouldn't be. They're medical practitioners. Yeah. And there's a lot about child development that your pediatrician doesn't even have the opportunity to pick up on because your visits are short. Yeah. So my partner, Mary and I, we actually met my first day in the school system. She was the first other clinician that I met and we just clicked right away. And for years we were just talking about what we wanted to do and we just decided to go for it. And we started Tats on Target, which has really evolved. It started just as us giving, um, you know, physical therapy tips. She's an occupational therapist. So just giving tips on all those, you know, that area of child development and activities that, you know, parents could do at home with their kids. And since then it's evolved. And we just, um, in February launched a, an online community forum where parents and professionals can come together and parents can ask questions or start conversations, different topics related to all areas of child development, not just gross motor, fine motor sensory development, but even things like nutrition or sleep development or play and all those types of things. And so we're really um, building this community and we're so lucky to have other um, child development specialists be joining our community and just starting out in these really important conversations. And so that's really where Tots on Target is now, is becoming this community of parents and professionals together to help all children reach their milestones. So that is really our goal. That's so awesome. So it's funny you say like, I remember going to the pediatrician with my first, Henry, who's just turned five. And I remember one of the things like, it was like their, whatever appointment it was. And I remember the doctor being like, okay, walk to me or something like that. Or like, whatever. He wanted me to do something where Henry had to do some sort of skill that apparently he was like looking for. And it was just like one of those things where I was like, oh wait, what? Like what's happening? And like, I, and I knew, obviously I also am really personally into child development. I mean, it's just something that I've always been interested in child psychology. And then when I had kids, I was really interested in learning about their development and everything from the psychology aspect, but also to like the, you know, physical development, everything. So I was, you know, reading a lot of books. So I was sort of more aware than maybe another parent would be. And I was kind of like, wait, what, like, what are you looking for? What my, you know, and I, I feel like if I didn't know that I would have been like freaking out, you know? So, cause they don't really tell you that stuff. They kind of like, you know, there's, you don't really know what they're looking for or what they should, unless you're asking those questions. And it's definitely something like, I know parents have a ton of questions about that. And then right. and they get these answers that are not necessarily always the best because sometimes, you know, pediatricians, like you said, they're not 
you know, they might not specialize in that or they don't know as much about that as obviously somebody like you would. And, and they're not also seeing your child in their natural habitat. So they're not seeing your child in on the playground or in their playroom at home or in their school. And what I've also found is exactly what you said. If a parent isn't well-versed in those areas of child development, the, the doctor might ask them a question. And because they haven't thought about it before, they're like, I think he does that. He does that. Yeah. I remember I being like, oh, that. sure. Right. I think so. And the truth is whether he did or didn't, maybe the quality of what he's doing isn't there or it, maybe he just started, but it's still delayed. It's definitely, um, it's hard for parents to sometimes answer those questions when they weren't sure what they were really supposed to be looking for. Exactly. Um, so actually I'm, I was talking to a friend of mine who she was concerned her baby wasn't walking yet. He's already, you know, he's turning 15 months and I'm never one to like push that, you know, babies need to do things exactly. It's yeah. always about the progression of what they're doing. And so I was like, Oh, like, I'm sure, you know, is he pulling to stand? Is he cruising? She's like, yeah, but I think something's off. And so she brought him to me and right away I was like, your mom gut was totally right. on point because the quality of his movements was not really where it should be. He wasn't putting weight through his legs properly. He was using his arms a lot more than his legs. She couldn't define what was wrong. But she just knew. She knew that there was something wrong. And so if the pediatrician was going to say, well, oh, is he pulling to stand? Well, yes. Oh, okay. You know, he might be fine. And then you really... Yeah. And then you wait. I mean, I know, and I'm the same way, like for me, parents always ask, you know, or they have questions about their kid's development and, you know, it's just always like, yeah, kids have their own, their own path and they're going to develop, you know, differently. Obviously every kid is different, but at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean that something isn't, doesn't need to be looked at. And I'm always like, well, why wouldn't you just get it looked at? Because the better, the fat, you know, the faster you find out, like obviously the faster that you can figure out how to, how to help it. My daughter went through the same thing. My third, like she, she wasn't walking. It was like, she was just doing the army crawl like this on the floor, mm-hmm. not the regular crawl. She wasn't putting a lot of weight on her legs. And I, she wasn't walking at both. My other kids walked at 12 months. So it was like, she was like 14 months. And I was like, okay, I'm not really worried, but I'm also noticing that she's not necessarily liking to like lift herself up into a real crawl. And she doesn't necessarily want to always put her, her feet down and put, you know, put weight on her feet. And then of course the doctor, my doctor is great. And she was like, I, you know, I would definitely have her evaluated. And then COVID happened. So like we didn't. And then of course within a month she was like walking and now she's like running, like she's totally, you know, she's totally fine. And now she, you know, she started crawling right after that was like right away. She was like, okay. So, you know, it was definitely like, okay, you feel like, okay, maybe I I want some more advice, but it's nice that you can get it. If you're sort of like that quick one-off versus like, oh, I have to make an appointment with a big thing. What's hard with a lot of child development professionals is that it is because early intervention is such a process and it's not so easy to get that those quick answers um, that's why we actually felt like this, that our touch on target goal was so important because, and, and it goes to show because so many parents are writing in or DM us privately, these questions that they do need a one-off or, and sometimes our answer is your child needs to be evaluated, right? Yeah. You need to see an somebody OT, in person, you know, yeah. somebody in person, um, that might be the right question, you know, that might be the answer, but sometimes 
it is about those qualitative questions that we might have as follow-up of what's really going on behind. And, you know, parents just need to know where to go with their, their mom. Because I believe that, you know, that, that is very strong and parents usually know um, when something's off, but you know, it's sometimes, sometimes it's, it's not something that really does need to be treated, but something to just be aware of or change change things up in a certain way at home. And that can make all the difference. So, you know, we're really hoping to provide that, you know, service totally for free. um, But building that community will will really help parents. So what are some of the things that you feel like in the play space are like the best? So are the best things like the best toys for kids for physical development, but then also what are some of the things that you would advise parents against using in the play space or in the home that could potentially limit or impact in a negative way their development? Right. So, um, I mean, there's such a wide range of what we're talking about. So should we narrow the field of age ranges to like baby toddler just to like- Yeah, sure. Like five and under kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Okay. So five and under. That's my age group. (laughs) Right. Okay. Perfect. So um, I guess I would say we, we as a team and Mary and I, because we, we talk about this at length, (laughs) um, is we love toys that are very open-ended. So actually- um, if anybody's, you know, been following my stories on Instagram and stuff, and I do a lot, um, especially when my kids were in school pre-corona, but when they came home from school and my kids are ages three and a half to nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but after school was always like we had, you know, our routine, like snack time, basement or outside time, depending on the weather. And then we did like dinner and then homework at the very end of the, of the evening, actually. And I would get questions all the time. Like, how do your kids play so much? Like they would make up their own obstacle courses and they put on, you know, I don't even say like um, talent shows and different things. And what I always said was I had that kind of open-ended equipment around and we set up the environment so that they learned how to play with different things. So I love things like balls and um, and couch cushions or wobble discs. I like hula hoops and um, things to crawl under and over tunnels. A lot of things that you can use in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I love plastic cones and bean bags, things like that. Especially bean for bean bags. I never yeah. thought of bean bags. Bean bags are great, especially if they're navigating. Put it on your shoulder. Put it on your elbow. Put it on your head. All of a sudden, you have a whole different way to navigate your playroom. Um, whether you set up an obstacle course or not, it's just a challenge walk to the end of the room and back. Um, so bean bags are great. And I think that having those types of things lying around help inspire your kids to create their own physical activity. Um, because again, so many parents would say like, my kids just need to get their energy out. Right. And having that kind of equipment around is super useful. Um, so that's definitely one area um, that I love. When we're talking about, you know, play items, um, again, we love the open-ended. So things like magnetiles. Mm-hmm. We love um, blocks where they can, again, make towers. Um, different things like that, I think, really um, – just inspires their own creativity. And I think that that's what we love about toys and games is what can they do 
with these items. So something that um, I've done with my kids, we have the game Jenga, you know, like those long yeah. blocks, you stack them up. Um, so what I've done actually is I've um, lied them all out across one end of the room and my kids, all of them, we do like a race and they have to take a block and make their own tower as they cross the room. So take a block, like run across, put it down and run back and take a block and run across and put it down. So it, you don't have to use blocks in a traditional way of just yeah. building a block tower. You can use it in a physical gross motor sort of way, but it's still building creativity. It's still building um, fine motor, visual motor, gross motor skills all in one as they're stacking the blocks and running back and forth. And that's a game that can also be used as a board game. Yeah. So to speak. And that's the beauty, right? Of open-ended. It's like, there's so many possibilities. It's not just one thing that they can do with it. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So I think that those are some of my favorite, again, like I can go on and on of like what I think are, um, are great, you know, um, activities. I love balloons also. Balloons are one of my favorites also. Um, I like when a, if, if you're doing an obstacle course or something, walking around as they go through, they can tap, tap, tap. Um, I like, um, I've had my kids use a racket or even a paper plate and keep up the balloon Oh yeah, paper plate or a racket. Um, and even when I put out balloons, when I, I run a toddler class during non-corona times <laughs> and when I, when I take out balloons, the, the kids love them because it's such a nice way for them to, um, just explore. They talk about colors, yeah. um, and it actually helps them with their visual motor coordination. Sometimes a ball comes at them too fast, but a balloon is more in slow motion. Oh, yeah. And they can follow, visually track, and try to grab onto the balloon a little bit easier than they can a ball flying at them in the air. Yeah, that makes sense. That's so funny. So what are some things that, because I have my own views like of what I've learned and what I think, but obviously would love to hear from you. What are some things like I feel like parents maybe gravitate towards because of how things are marketed when kids are young, but that maybe are not the things that they should really be getting for their kids because it can, it can be, it can do, I don't want to say damage because I feel like that's like a, a little, you know, we don't want parents to feel like they're like, you know, totally ruining things, but that are things that you just don't want to stick to. You would rather have them kind of steer clear of. Yeah. So uh, again, depending on the age range, but I'm going to actually talk first about the baby sort of age range. Question: um, What I would say with babies, one is light up toys. We really don't need a lot of things that are overstimulating to the sensory system, to the visual system. We, again, like things that are a little bit more muted. That's why building blocks, magnetiles, very simple toys are better for their development and easier for children to process than toys that light up and kind of do the work for them. We want the kids to, again, cause an effect and realize if they do something or they have to work for something, they get the enjoyment out of it versus just pressing a button and everything's lighting up. Like that doesn't really do anything for them. Um, The other thing I would say also, especially with babies is, those mm-hmm. containers sort of things. Um, when we're talking about, you know, obviously I'm going to talk about as a PT, the um, jumperoos and the exosaucers. Um, 
I would say, okay, I have to be careful what I say because I'm not, I'm not somebody who's like anti everything. Yeah. I'm, really, I'm really not. Um, but they have to be done safely. They have to be done where a child is in them properly and that they can only be in them for like 10 to 15 minutes at a time, really at all. We really like to yeah. free the babies, actually, the hashtag. Yeah, I right love now. that. Um, like put them on the floor, just literally put, put them, them on the floor. On the floor. And the I understand place. that that parents need a moment where they can go to the bathroom or they need to get work done or there are siblings around that they don't, you know, trust with a a baby around. Like I totally get that. Um, but we have to make sure that we're using them properly and, and responsibly. I feel like when you have your first baby, you look at all the recommendations online with like what to buy and you're like, ah, we need this and we need this and we need the bumbo and we need the exerciser and we need the, the, Thing, the the seat and we need the this seat and we need the 50 seats and you're like like what's happening like you literally just need a towel and put your kid on the floor and I remember having um, a PT or an OT come to one of my mom's groups and she was talking about how kids develop from the floor that's literally how they develop and I remember her explaining how they start to like open their hands and like put pressure on their hands and then talking about how that like strengthens their muscles for writing later in life and I was like I was like my mind, like, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense, you know? And I kind of remember having that revelation and then going home and being like, all right, I'm going to sell this, sit me up, but I'm going to, we never had a bumbo, but you know, any of the other things, I was never really big into that stuff because I sort of already had a little bit of that in my mind. But then I feel like just with each kid, I got less and I, I, it's funny because I feel like some people are the opposite. Like they need those things more and more. For me, I found I needed them less and less because I was just less like worried about constantly stimulating or entertaining like my third like she's on the floor for the whole day and half the time I'm like oh where's Emma you know and it's like oh she's been sitting on the floor for the past two hours by herself because who knows where she is you know and it's just kind of you you kind of get to that point where you're like oh you know you you realize that okay they don't they don't they are actually better without that stuff. And yeah. I, and, know- the, and it's funny. Cause I would say the same, like even when my twins who are now nine, I had only been working for a year when I had them. And I didn't even know then what I know now about child development, you know, in, yeah. in PT school, they, at least my program weighed very heavily on adults, like orthopedic outpatient neuro. And so what I learned about pediatric development and the importance of floor time has been even more in the recent years. And I think a lot more research has even come out in more recent yeah. years. So I even look back at, you know, I had a lot of these contraptions for my own kids. And I'm yeah. like, I should have known better. I should have known better. You know? And so, and so that's why I'm, I'm hesitant to say that people shouldn't own them because thank God my kids are fine. They've developed yeah. fine. It's not necessarily going to hinder unless there's... um. Unless there's a predisposition to yeah. delay, right? If your child is particularly low tone or high tone, has a condition, then you know, then you need to speak to a professional a little bit further to understand. But when they're typically developing, I don't think that it's all or nothing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like you, you have to you don't have to say like for you know, these are banned and they should be, you know, off the Ever market. The house, yeah. Right. I, I just think you have to be cautious, like everything, be responsible and and just know know the risks involved so that you can be on your A game when you're thinking about it. I think that, you know, again, some of the open-ended toys that we talked about in the beginning do help enhance physical development and cognitive development. There's a lot there that kids can be playing with 
on their own. And I actually will say also, I think a clean play space, which, um, you know, I sometimes like when my kids are playing, when, certainly when they were like more toddlers, I clean up in the middle. And my mom would be like, oh, just clean it up at the end of the day. I'm like, if I don't clean up in the middle, they don't play. Because then it's just like too, too cluttered. Yeah. Um, so it's, I feel like sometimes they need that clean space to be able to like start their creative play. Like yeah, if it's for sure. just a mess. And, and my play space is not nearly as beautiful looking as your gorgeousness. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that we, I, I try to have, again, like the stuff that I have is used and I want it to be used, but I find when it is cleaner, they'll take more stuff out. Yeah, because um, they're not overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, they did create their own obstacle course. Actually, one time they created this, their own game with this. They decided to make like their own islands out of colored objects. So like each one took a color. So it was yellow or blue or green. They had to find objects from around the house and make their own like green island. And then they'd like make an obstacle course. They could only walk on their green items or their blue items. I'm like, where did you guys come up with this idea? Like I had nothing to do with that. But because we we have this process of like, this is playtime and they play together. Um, they do uh, amazingly come up with creative games. Now, again, it doesn't mean that I don't hear from them many times they're bored or yeah. they want to play this stuff in our house anymore. But when push comes to shove, all of a sudden they came up with a new colored island game that yeah. took the same old stuff that we have in our house and became something new. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, um, where can everybody follow you? Okay, so we have our Facebook page, Tots on Target. We are um, we have a big Instagram page, um, uh, also Tots on Target, and definitely we would love everyone to sign up, make a make an account on TotsOnTarget.com so that we can build this community of parents and professionals joining together. Awesome, and then your podcast. Yes, and my podcast. Thank you, uh, Tot Talk with Tots on Target. Mary and I, my partner, interview different professionals. Sometimes we talk ourselves about different developmental aspects. So yeah. there's a lot of of stuff out there. We just got started, actually, uh, also in February. So we just launched our tenth podcast today, and there's a lot more to come. 